Good morning, everybody. For those of you who do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to, to welcome you here to North Star on Time Change Sunday. I hope you all got plenty of sleep last night and feel refreshed, which I know you don't. But anyways, I'm glad you're here and glad you're a part of today. Today, we continue our studies in the book of Hebrews. So go ahead and take your Bible. Turn to Hebrews. Hebrews 13 is where we're going to be today. If you've got the app, it's the easiest way to do it because it's right there on the app. You can download it, North Star Church, Georgia. Has all the sermon notes there, has all the announcements. Everything we ever talk about on Sundays is right there at your fingertips. So that's a great way to do it. But you also are given a worship guide on the way in, and uh, we, will, we will dive into that here in just a second. I want to say a huge thank you to all of the folks. Last Sunday, we did a big initiative to get people to move from Compass up to True North and to open up seats. And we look around this morning, there's seats because some of them moved and there's seats because some people are still asleep. But anyways, so, uh, but we want to say thank you. Would you give a hand to all the folks that made the move last Sunday? So I went up there at the end of 930 and True North was packed. It was awesome to walk in and feel the energy in that room. If you're here today and you go, man, I would willingly give up my seat because for between now and Easter is going to be nuts. And so I'd willingly do that. You can text MOVE to this number. Text MOVE to that number, and that will uh, let us know and just put your name on that. And I met a lot of people up there said, hey, I signed up last week. I'm up here today. It's awesome. So last Sunday, I made the announcement. My watch, of course, is connected to my phone. And while I'm talking on Sunday morning, my watch just keeps buzzing, right? I didn't cut off the alert and all my alerts, and I'm like, North Star is the greatest church in the world because all these people are texting me to go, Mike, I texted Move, and I just wanted to let you know, man, I'm all into the vision, I'm all in. That's not what they were texting. Let me tell you what they were texting about. In the message, I made the comment that, North, that True North in that far, I can throw a ball and hit True North, and they were calling into question my manhood. That's what they were doing. So I want you to watch a video. This week, I did get out some footballs. <laughs> All right, now I want to I want to let you know it was very windy. It was very windy. It was God. The wind was like 20 miles an hour. These are brutal footballs too. They were terrible. That was gonna hit, and the tree, the tree caught it. See, he gives me a Georgia football. That's heresy. Giving me a Georgia football to throw. Now these are all clipped together. That did not look that bad. I promise you. I mean, I really should have thrown from up there down is what I should have done. Come on, ready? Oh, see, that's a terrible yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, so, just but if you want to know if I ever hit it, I had to miss baseball that night because I, I stayed here all day. But anyway, so if you want to know if I hit it, you can go to our webpage this afternoon or Facebook, and it'll have the, the completion of the— so thank you all for all my North Star friends who were calling me out on text last week. I appreciate that. It does mean the world, but— we're really glad you're here today. So let me catch up on where we are in Hebrews. Back to why we're here. We're beginning to find the end of this journey. The guy, whoever this is, that's giving the sermon, telling the story, he now has reached a point where he's on the final lap. He's on the last stretch. And he's telling them now, at the end of it all, what really matters 
Here you are, you are new believers. You know, all through Hebrews, guys, if you go back to Hebrew 1, stay in the fight, stay in the race, don't quit running, don't quit striving, don't quit pushing, don't quit keeping on, keep on, come on, get up, let's go. You're gonna be discouraged, you're gonna be persecuted. Things are gonna work against you. Come on, let's go, you can keep doing it. All this has happened. Now he begins to turn his sights and he begins to say, as you finish this race, here is how you need to do it. Here is how you need to finish. Here is how it needs to be done. So here's what I will tell you. If you want to win in this life, you better know how to do relationships. Would y'all agree with that? You gotta know, you gotta master relationships. So when my kids were growing up, Ann and I, so we only had two, because we always believed in man-to-man defense, not zone, all right? And so we were in a man-to-man on the kids, and Ann handled the school end, and I handled the attitude end. That was my deal. And so I thankfully grew up in an era where my parents weren't always alerted when something didn't go well at school. They found out things were behind at report card time, which only came like every eight weeks or whatever it was. It's not that way. How many of y'all are over 30? Raise your hand if you're over 30. All right. Well, here's that's the only age I can ask that people actually will go yes because I didn't give a, a brief there. All right. So yes, I'm over 30. We grew up in the era where you got report cards. How many of y'all are under 30? Raise your hand. You grew up in the era where your parents received an alert from the school when an assignment wasn't turned in, when you missed a project, when you failed a test. I remember every now and then I would get to go pick the kids up at middle school, uh, late elementary middle school, and I'd be sitting in car line at Lost Mountain, and I'm sitting there waiting on them to get out, and they'd come out. They're so excited. They've had a great day. I'm like, how was your day? And they're like, it was great. And Ann had just texted me. You wait till they get home because they didn't turn in this project. And the kids would get in, they're like, I had a great day, and I went, good because it's not gonna be when you get home all right and so i hate this this is the worst right my job was the attitude because here's what i'm gonna tell you if you can master relationships you can make it in this world would y'all agree with that you may not have book smarts but you can as my mom you say you're not the brightest but you're well-rounded all right and so if you if you can figure out relationships this is about Relationships. Would y'all stand with me today as we read this Hebrews chapter 13? We're only going to look at three verses today. They're on the home lap. They're on the home stretch. Remember, there aren't chapters and verses written. This is a, this is a sermon. It's a story to this new group of Jew, uh, Jewish believers. And he said, let, in, in spite of everything we've already said, let brotherly love what? What does he say next? Continue. Now, we know that Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. Phileo is that word. Let brotherly love continue. You've started well. Finish well. You're running the race right. Finish right. Let brotherly love continue. In, within this body, we're going to talk about it here in a second, called the church continue loving as family. That's what he says. It's all about relationships. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect, neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some of you have entertained who? Angels. 
unaware. We'll talk about what that means here in a second. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. Everybody look at me. How you love, how you live matters to others and to God. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Would you pray with me? Right where you're standing right now, Compass True North, for those of you that are watching online, would you ask God to show you areas in relationships that you need to be better? Would you just do that? Say, God, just show me. Show me relationships where I need to be better. Then would you ask him to help you be the person that he created you to be. Would you ask that? God, would you help me be that person that you created me to be? Father, you left us here to look like you. You left us here to love like you. You left us here to be a representative and a picture of you. Father, may today we pull up that chair with you to go, okay, God, how am I doing? Am I loving well? Am I finishing well? Am I running this race well? And Father, are we as a body, as a church, mastering relationships the way you left us to do it? And Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you're seated, I want you to find three people, and here's a statement I want you to say. I'm groggy but I'm ready, all right? I'm groggy, but I'm ready. Three people, and then you can be seated. All right, all right, all right. So, at the point of this writing, 70-so years after the time of Christ, Whoever wrote Hebrews had a picture in mind, and the picture was for this church, for this early church, to love and look like Jesus. That was the picture he had in mind. That, that was what he's pushing them to be. It's not good enough to say you're a Christian without showing that you're a Christian, right? In fact, it's in the Gospels where Jesus said, they will know that you are my disciples by how you love one another. Isn't that interesting? Not how much justice you give, not how much all the other things, but how you love. That's, that's the picture. This letter is written about how this body called the church loves others. So let's, let's just break down the church. Let's just break down how all this came to be. Up until that point, there were synagogues, there were temples, there wasn't a church. The early church was established in the book of Acts. Here's what the church isn't. The church isn't just a group of people who gather together and not tell anyone where they're going. This wasn't, hey, we're going to be in secret, we're not going to tell anybody. The church was left here, and here's a word I want you to write down out beside. Ready? The church was left here to influence the world. That's fact. The church wasn't left here to just be a group of people that gather. Yes, that's part of it. 
but the group of people who gather to influence, to make a difference. Our job isn't to just come and learn and look at each other and go, wow, that was great. Our job is to learn and to grow and then go out and to influence. This is writing about their influence. And he said, what happens in here influences what happens out there, which all three of these things, all these things are hit. But he's not just talking about North Star. He's talking about, we call it the Little C Church. North Star is one of thousands and thousands and thousands of churches that believe like this. And he's talking about how we work together. What's it supposed to look like? Well, we learned three things about how to do that. Ready? Lesson number one. Loving one another means treating my fellow Christians as family. Loving one another means treating my fellow Christians as family. Listen to what he says. Let what kind of love continue? What is that love? Let brotherly love continue. Meaning, in our relationships with each other, we should love them as family. How many of you grew up with siblings, raise your hand. How many of you at some point, at least once growing up, you disagreed with and fought with one of your siblings, raise your hand. Some of you physically fought with your siblings. I'm talking about you just disagreed. I remember there were points growing up that David, Don, and I, we just did not see eye to eye on anything. So David was 11, almost 12 years older than me. Donna was eight, almost nine years older than me. They were quite a bit older than me. And so my sister was a teenager, right? And my parents were, you know, they, they laid down the law and there was no bending of the law. It was the way that it was. The, the rule was, Donna, you've got to be in by 1130. So when your boyfriend or date or whoever pulls up in that driveway off Hickory Road and he pulls up, 11.30, you need to be walking in the house. If we flash the floodlights, you need to come in. If we flash them twice, you're grounded. That was the rule. So we're not sitting in the driveway all night praying together, all right? And so whatever you're going to be doing out there. So we'll leave that alone. Kids in the audience. So you need to come in the house. Well, mom and dad, I mean, they were, they were older when they had me. They were blessed to have a surprise come along. And so... Um, they went on to bed. Donna was a teenager. David was off in college. Gosh, by this point, he left, he left home. He was down at Mercer. And uh, I remember Donna would come in from her date. And I could, my bedroom, I could see the car pull up in the driveway. Well, I was the little brother, right? I'm mean, eight, nine years younger. And so I would go down to the floodlight and just start flipping it <laughs> for her to come in. Well, then I would run up and lay down in bed and she would come in mad as a hornet. I mean, screaming, this isn't fair. It's 11.15. And my parents are like, what are you talking about? You flipped the floodlights. They were in bed asleep. They were sound, they were sound asleep. Now she's in trouble for yelling at the parents because of a floodlight. And then she'd come by her room and she'd go, I hate you. All right, and shut the door. I mean, that's like... That would happen. I don't know if that ever happened around your house. I, I remember we were filming the Christmas. How many of y'all watched the New Year's service that we put out? We streamed online. Raise your hand if you watched the New Year's service. Y'all can lie. I don't know if you watched it or not. But anyways, so um, 
we filmed it at my house. Well, we were sitting there recording in the den, and Seth, who I love. Do y'all love Seth? Seth's awesome. Seth's just amazing. So Seth was in there, and he was singing in my house. We have all the sound stuff. It's crazy. It's all the sound stuff set up. And Seth's in there singing, and uh, he's like, is that too loud? I'm like, no, it's not too loud. He's, I said, only he could say in his Moultrie accent, he said, I used to get in so much trouble for being loud growing up around my house. He said, I'd be sitting there practicing, singing, and my sister would yell across the house, Seth, shut up, you're too loud. He said she'd yell from the other side of the house, and he would yell back, one day when I win American Idol, you won't be telling me to shut up, all right? And that's what families do, right? That's what families do. That's so funny, I went down Friday to visit a real close member of somebody close to my family, not in my family, close to my family, that was in hospice, and I drove, left Union City, and drove on down, and I drove by my house. I hadn't been in a while. And man, in my mind's eye, I could still see my mom and dad sitting there in the lawn chairs. And they'd wait on us, especially on days all three of us and our kids were coming down there, and they'd sit there in their little wicker, those old strap lawn chairs. Can't find them anywhere. Those old strap lawn chairs, they'd had them for years. Why buy anything new? They're not broke, all right? And so they'd sit there right outside the garage and wait on us. And as soon as we'd all get there, we'd go in. Steve Roach sitting out here. You'd go in that carport. You'd walk through that, that screen door, and there were, I don't ever remember a time going to my house there weren't cookies on the counter. My mom would make cornflake peanut butter. You don't get a body like this without work, all right? And so there were cornflake corn peanut butter cookies that were sitting on the counter, and we would sit at that table for hours and tell stories. The same ones that had fought would sit there. Why? Because we were what? Family. I drove through Fayette when I was coming home and I called David and Donna, my brother and sister, and pick up right where I don't see them all the time. David lives in Buckhead, Donna lives in Sewanee. But we pick up right where we left off. Why? We're family. Here's what we know about family. I want you to write down a couple thoughts about family. Family forgives. You know, Donna doesn't bring up every time I call. You remember that time when I was 17? I could have married that boy if you hadn't been flipping the floodlights. All right, she didn't bring that up. I don't bring up how many times Donna would get mad at me and just leave me somewhere. I don't bring, I do in sermons, but I don't usually bring that up, right? A family forgives. A family overlooks. You know what a family understands? Nobody's perfect. Everybody's got their flaws. Everybody's got their weaknesses. My mom and dad were great people. They weren't perfect. Family overlooks. You know, I stood and got to officiate the service for both of them. I didn't stand up and talk about all the times I was mad at them and frustrated with them. I stood up and talked about all the times that I remember that we loved each other. That's what family do. Family overlook. Family sometimes confronts. There were some tough conversations to be had around the Lynch house growing up. A family shares. I know that if I needed something, family would come through. A family defends. Say what you want to to say something about one of us. Then you defend. That's what families do, isn't it? That's what he said the church should do. 
Let brotherly love continue. We should treat each other as if we are family and we are a spiritual family. You're a brother and sister in Christ. We have a relationship, but it's not just within the body of North Star. It's how we operate between churches. Mary Alligate sitting back here. Every year he hosts a pastor's day in December, and it's neat to sit around the room and hear 30 or so pastors share the story of what God's doing in their congregations because it's not about North Star. If all of West Cobb and Paulding came to Jesus, they can't fit at North Star. It takes all of us, right? So we are really tight with Westridge. How many of y'all have heard of Westridge before over in Hiram? Probably one of our closest friendships as a church and for me personally, Brian Beloy's outside of our staff at North Star, the guy that I'm closest to. And we made a pact with each other and the pact is this, we won't listen to negative about each other. Because when people, I know y'all find this hard to believe, some people leave North Star and they're mad at me. Can y'all believe that? It's unbelievable. They leave and they're like, I talk too much. He tells too many stories. I've heard the same story 10 times because they didn't hang around long enough to hear it 12. All right, and so that's how they heard it 10 times. So sometimes they'll leave and, then, and a lot of times they'll go to Westridge because the style of the church is the same. A couple years ago, we had a couple leave and they were pretty miffed about something. I don't remember what it was now. But they, they, they were pretty miffed about something. They went to Westridge. They scheduled an appointment with Brian and he called me to say, hey, I'm meeting with so-and-so. I was like, man, I hope it goes good. Believe about half of what they tell you. They probably left out some stuff. And so uh, Brian meets with him. And so Brian, they come in and he said, man, it's great to meet you. He said, where are y'all coming from? And he knew the answer. They said, well, we're coming from North Star and wanted to talk to you a little bit about it. He said, before you say anything, Mike Lynch is my best friend in ministry. And whatever you share with me today, I'm going to call and tell him. What would y'all like to talk about? <laughs> they didn't have anything to say people come here from Westridge I'm like what you got all right come on tell me come on give me the scoop no don't do that but anyway so but it's 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 brotherly love right we are in this thing together here's the deal the world is trying to figure out what Jesus looks like and the only picture they've got is you and me in the church would y'all agree with that let brotherly love continue number two ready hospitality means treating strangers as friends. Hospitality means treating strangers as friends. In fact, he said in the passage, be careful, you may even entertain who? Does anybody remember? Angels. Like, Mike, does that really happen? You know, it's interesting, only four times in the Old Testament do people ever entertain angels. Isn't that interesting? I don't know where, four times. And they knew why the angel was there four times. I think there's a bigger picture being had, but a few years ago, we were in Haiti, and we, it was a hot day. We had gotten down there. We'd done the medical clinic, and then we'll have them. I mean, there'll be 400 people waiting on us when we get there. And then we went and toured the little tents that were right outside our uh, outside the church. They're not there anymore, but they're a bunch of tents. And so we went walking around. Well, that night, we got back to the, to the place we were staying, and somebody pulled out a picture, and there was a picture, literally. Our group's here, the picture's taken from back here, and there's a man in all white here. I, I did not see him. I'd never seen this guy before. I'm like, this is incredible. I saw an angel. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I saw an angel. I mean, here he's just all white. He's dark-skinned, looked like the people. And he was, he was just standing there in this elegant white, 
top and pants. And I, I'm like, I, I don't, does anybody remember seeing him? I'm asking around. Nobody remembered seeing him. And I'm like, I am one of the people. God loved me so much. He let me see an angel in a picture. So we're talking about it. Stephanie, who leads worship here, walks up and said, what are y'all talking about? And I said, this guy in this picture, look at this. And I, I, I don't have the picture, but I'm like, look at this guy. That's an angel. Did you see him? Stephanie said, I think so. There was a guy in all white today that I took a picture of getting his blood pressure taken. That was him. She goes, is that who you're talking about? I went, yeah. And she goes, do angels get their blood pressure taken? I'm like, you ruined my story. You totally rained on my story. I did not entertain an angel. But anyways, so, so what was the point of this? What was the point? The point was hospitality, meaning I like opening up my home and having guests over. That's not the point of hospitality. The point of hospitality is this. What I want, this is what I want you to write down. How do I treat people that I meet? How do I treat people that I meet? What if I entertain them as if I were entertaining an angel? See, we're good with friends. We're not so good sometimes with others. We're great when I know my friends are coming out. We got small group. We had it last Sunday night, and Ann and I cleaned the house and got everything spick and span because you can't have people really see how you live. And so we got everything put away and thrown in cabinets and all that kind of stuff. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about, do I show hospitality, everybody look at me, to people that I don't know? Do I show kindness to them? Standing in the line at Kroger, standing in the line at the restaurant, waiting on my table. Have y'all ever sat with somebody that was rude to a waiter or a waitress? Have you ever sat with somebody like that before? And you're like, what in the world? We take everybody we interview out to lunch to see how they treat waiters and waitresses. Because if you're rude to them there, they'll be rude to people here. It's a fact. How do I treat a stranger? It's funny how nice sometimes people will be when they know everybody's watching. But what about when they're not watching? That's what he's saying. People, so yes or no question. When this was written down, the sermon was written down for this early church, was Jesus there for them to see physically, yes or no? Y'all are like, I'm not sure, it's time change. All right, the answer's no. All right, so Jesus was not there. So the only Bible they had and the only picture they had was the church. How are you treating strangers? How are you treating those that are coming your way. And point number three, and this is really interesting. Remember to love those in need means doing what I can to help. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them. And those who are mistreated since you're also the body. Here's a question we should all ask. Ready? Here's a, I want you to write this down. Does this have my name on it? Does this have my name on it? Sometimes in life we walk across things like the parable of the Good Samaritan. It has our name on it. 
We're like, God gave me this. I'm supposed to do this. And we got to do it. That's our call. Does this have my name on it? The, the injury part was, look at what he said. Put it, put it back up there again. Remember those who were in where? What does it say? Prison. Do you end up in prison for good things or bad things? Which? Bad. Remember those who are in prison? Well, I mean, I, why do I want to remember somebody in prison? I mean, they're not, if they were doing good, I mean, they wouldn't be in prison. As though you were there with them. Here's a phrase I want you to rock down. Ready? Write down. Walk in their shoes. Would you write that down? Walk in their shoes. See, he was painting a great picture. And the picture was this. How would I feel about them if I knew them? I knew what they'd gone through. Have you ever made a prejudgment on somebody? Have y'all ever done this before? You met somebody and you're like, I just don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like their attitude. I don't like how they dress. I don't like how they act. I don't like how they smell. I don't like, I don't like anything about them. I don't like where they're from. I don't like their choice of teams. I don't like their choice of foods. I, don't, I just don't like them. Have y'all ever prejudged somebody before? Raise your hand. And then you meet them. And then you hear their story. And you go, why in the world did I ever judge something I didn't know? I remember hearing a guy say one time, he said, you can't hate someone when you know their story. You can't. It's impossible. Because it changes everything. He was telling the early church, love them as if you were them. And everybody look at me. And if you finish this way, you will finish the race looking like Jesus. And that's the point. What if our world looked up and said, I've never met Jesus, so I'm going to judge Jesus on North Star. Are we giving him a good picture? Are we giving him something that goes, yeah, that looks just like the Jesus in the Bible. That's my prayer. Are we ever going to be the, the smartest church? Probably not. You got me leading you. I'll hold you back. All right, so probably not. But you know what I want us to do? I want us to love really well. I want us to come alongside other people really well. We may fail. Everybody look at me. We may fail at lots of things. We will not fail at loving people. We just won't. We may not have done everything right. But I'm going to fail. I'm not going to fail loving people. Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. If we can conquer those two things, we can be the church that God created us to be. Would you pray with me? Fathers, I left that hospice Friday talking to that precious lady that I'll tell the story of in the coming weeks. God, I want to finish well. One day when I get to heaven, you're going to hold me accountable for my leadership of this church. 
God, I don't want to miss loving and looking like you. That's our job. We're going we're gonna to fail forward trying. God, as we get in the car and I head out to lunch today and grab a bite with Casey, God, I pray our conversation looks like one that you would have. It's got you etched all in it. God, may we live every moment, may we live every day as if we were entertaining an angel and we were unaware. To stand on guard, show hospitality, open our arms to our community and welcome them to this campus. But God, just while they're there, here, while we're where they are, God, may the fragrance of Christ be left in our path because we love and looked like you. Thank you for our time together in your word. God, just speak to our hearts, would you? Speak to us.